Simple Cinema, I'm Dennis. I'm Bonnie. And we are here counting down the Oscar winners for Best Picture. And according to the strict guidelines of the Geneva Convention, we're going backwards <laughs> from 94. Um, we're all the way up to number 16. Uh, so what do we have today at the, number 16? Number 16 is The Bridge on the River Kwai. Yes. From 1957. Exactly. So what is your history with The Bridge on the River Kwai? I have seen this movie before. Okay. Yeah, it's been a while, but I've seen it at least once before, if not a couple of times. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen this a bunch of times. I saw it first in high school. Um, okay. Um, I've seen it uh, maybe probably a half a dozen times, I guess. Coming into this week, and I'll watch it again. But uh, before we get into the Bridge on the River Choir, let's just take a, a quick look at some of the movies it beat out for that Best Picture Oscar back in 1957. Um, yeah, let's start with Peyton Place. Yeah, is this yeah. A, also a TV show? Yeah, I mean, this was a best-selling novel that became a hit movie, and the movie became a early soap opera. I think it was a primetime soap opera for a long time. Oh, it was a soap opera. I didn't know that. I never saw it. Oh, uh, yeah. it's. Um, it wasn't that I've, long ago. I mean, it's 90s. When was it? No. Uh, Melrose Place was the 90s. Uh, Peyton. Uh, Peyton Place was um, shortly after this, like uh, late 50s, maybe in the 60s. Oh, that's I have started. no idea then. Uh, yeah, this is a, a drama. It's kind of about uh, set in a small town in New England, and it's just about the uh, dramas and the loves and the fairs of um, this small town. A lot of um, juicy stuff for 1957. Uh, Lana Turner probably has the largest role, but it has a big cast. Uh, one of the kids is played by Russ Tamblin, who we saw in West Side Story as Riff. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it was a big it was a big sensation back in 1957. Okay. Another big hit from the year was Sayonara, based on the um, Faulkner, not, um, Mishner. Mishner novel, right? Uh, I read the book, yeah. but I didn't know there was a movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a fairly famous movie adaptation. It's a story of uh, two American servicemen uh, mm-hmm. serving in the Korean, set during the Korean War, and they both... Kind of fall in love with uh, Japanese women, very controversial in that time period. Mm-hmm. Although it was actually a pretty common uh-huh. thing to happen um, with servicemen, uh, but kind of dealing with the prejudices against interracial marriages. The servicemen are played by uh, Marlon Brando and Red Buttons, who was at this time just a, a comedian. This is his first like serious. Dramatic role. Okay, do I know him in anything? Um, I don't know. You may have seen a movie that he's he plays like the comic sidekick in okay. a lot of a lot of movies. I mean, he was more. I think uh, at this time, he didn't do. He wasn't in a whole lot of movies. I think he had a red button show, television okay. series. Um, but the movie was a big hit. It also, uh, cast, you know, in a time where it was actually very common to, you know, for Asian characters to use white actors and makeups, uh-huh. uh, they did 
hire two Japanese American actresses, Miyoshi Yomeki and Miko Taka. Okay. Uh, so um, that decision kind of ages well. You know, we right. um, something you kind of have to deal with in the time period, like with, right. when we talked about West Side Story and right. Natalie Woods. So. Right. <laughs> of it all. Uh, this was a Puerto Rican accent. Yeah. Yeah, so 1957 was actually a good year for Japanese-American actors, because also we'll get to oh, yeah. the main movie, which has a very juicy role for mm-hmm. a Japanese actor. Um, yeah, but that's Sayonara. Saito. So, yeah. But mm-hmm. we're not there yet. Yes, well, we'll get there. We'll but, get there. Yeah. Calm down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Witness for the Prosecution. Okay. Which is a, a very juicy courtroom drama about a murder case in England. Uh, Marlena Dietrich. Is, I feel uh, like I've seen. I have seen. Yeah, I think this. you have seen it. Yeah, yeah, he's like on some sort of medication. That's his nurse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he is the barrister, barrister. right? The defense attorney, um, to use American terminology. He's uh-huh. Charles Lawton, who we saw as Captain. Is that Bly. what barrister means? I think barrister is like attorney, so okay. I think the prosecutor, but he's yeah. what we would call the defense attorney. Right. right. What do they call it? The barrister for the, I don't know. Okay. He is a barrister, but okay. you know, I, I think both sides would be barristers. As far as okay. I know, I don't know anything about English law. Uh, yeah, he's Charles Lawton, who we saw as Captain Bly oh, in yeah. Mutiny on the Bounty. Uh-huh. And his, his nurse is Elsa Lancaster who you probably know as Katie Nana oh, in Mary yeah, Hawkins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they were they were married um, at really? the time. The also Lancaster. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mar- Marlena Dietrich played the uh, uh, the accused. Or actually, I think it was her husband that was accused, but she has kind of a juicy role. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Great, great courtroom drama written and directed by Billy Wilder. Okay. Yeah. Who's fantastic. We saw one of his movies in The Lost Weekend, and right. we will see him again. Uh-huh. I remember really liking yeah. this movie. It's great. Yeah. yeah. This is probably, uh, as far as Billy Wilder goes, probably at the like top of his second tier. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, probably his first tier, you'd have the, uh, the the apartment, Double Indemnity, Sunset Boulevard, Some Like It Hot. Are we going to see Ace the apartment? Hall. Yes. Well, okay. Uh, but this is like just kind of the okay. next level. It was very good. Okay. Very good movie. Uh, and another great courtroom drama is Twelve Angry Men. Mm. Um, I'm sure you've seen this, right? I don't know if I've seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it, you've definitely heard of it, right? It's very yeah. famous. Very um, famous. It's been redone. It's been redone over and over again, put on stage. It is uh, the whole movie is a jury deliberation room. Yeah. Where and why are there no women on the jury? Uh, it was the fifties. It was not. I th- I don't. I think a lot of jurisdictions they didn't have women. At all. When, when it's remade today, they'll definitely have women. Huh. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm not sure when that changed, but okay. for, um, at least it wasn't uncommon. Men. Okay, so this you need, is you need people to make you know sound decisions. Yeah. <laughs> so um, now that you've been on a jury, 
A couple, yeah. Yeah, that I mean, but you were on a jury that you know of right. significant, you know, of import. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it both. wasn't a famous case, but it was a significant import, and it was a big right. deal jury deliberation. How yeah, is I that? Think both were. Is this the first time you've watched it since? It was okay. Anything? Yeah, else I mean, one of them was this? kind of a traumatic experience, but uh, you know. Yeah. I, I what I value in this movie is not so much it's what it says about the um, criminal jurisprudence so much as just how it kind of uses that as a, a framework to really look into how people come to believe something is true and how they change their minds uh-huh. and what will cause them to doubt what a, a belief that they've adopted. And I think that's what's so fascinating about this movie, that it really does a good job of sketching out these 12 very different personalities and how they each come to the conclusions. I mean, I don't think, as far as just a jury duty, it's... Um, Yeah, I, I mean, parts of it are actually very realistic. It's I, I don't know how plausible it is to go from, like, 11 to 1 in favor of guilty to um, a 12 to 0 acquittal in 98 minutes. Because, you know, that's both what, my so that's what happens. deliberation. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't mean to spoil it, but <laughs> I, I think that's pretty... Um, not really a surprise. I mean, once it goes to, like, uh, 10 to 2 or 9 to uh-huh. 3, like, you kind of see where yeah. it's going. So Yeah, because you were, in your more traumatic experience, you were <laughs> right. the holdout. Yeah. And a hung, the lone holdout and a hung jury. Yes. But the case was then retried, yeah. and the next jury found the same conclusion that you did. Yes. And justice was eventually... Here, here, yeah. Here, here. Good for you. But it's hard <laughs> to be the lone it's holdout. I mean, really hard. Yeah. yeah. Henry Fonda is in that position in this movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just fascinating about just looking at the reasons that these individuals have for their belief and how they change it. Yeah. It's really, really well done. And for a movie that's all set in one location. The director, Sidney Lumet, does such a great job of, of showing diversity. There's great blocking just about okay. how the people are set up within the camera frame to oh. have perspective and to just give a sense of variety. Yeah, because they never and, leave. No, they never leave. It's essentially in real time. There's, I think, uh-huh. um, maybe one cut. We don't know how, how long that wow. before they take a break. But, yeah. Uh, fascinating movie. Um, so uh, this was a, a strong lineup of Best Picture nominees mm-hmm. um, and a great year for movies. Uh, just to touch on some of the other stuff that was out there that uh, the Academy didn't recognize in the Best Picture lineup, at least. Um, probably most famous is An Affair to Remember. Uh, oh, the yeah. uh, Cary Grant, uh, Deborah Carr, mm-hmm. uh, romantic drama about... Uh, an affair. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the one where they um, have a plan to meet at the top of the mm-hmm. Empire State Building. Right. It became very, um, got a lot more attention like in 90s romantic comedies with uh, 
I think it's mentioned in When Harry Met Sally, and it's a major plot point in Sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's not mentioned as when Harry met Sally. It's, well, one uh, of my favorite things is that in Sleepless in Seattle, when, who um, is Tom Hanks' wife? She's in that. Rita Wilson. Rita Wilson, yeah. Yeah. She's describing this movie to, oh. to two men. And, ah, it's just so, it's so great. And she's yeah. crying. And they're mm-hmm. just like. Yeah. They're mean girls. <laughs> <laughs> they're just being stoic, yeah, they're but she's just like, oh, an affair to remember. And but she just does such a good job in that she scene of job. of just bringing, describing the movie and ending up in tears and the beauty of the whole thing. Right. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think even better than an affair to remember is uh, Passive Glory is a World War One movie. But and then he can't walk, but you don't. <laughs> uh, she can't walk. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. It was. <laughs> yeah, right? Because she gets hit by. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, Pass of Glory is an early Stanley Kubrick movie that's uh, set in World War One, one of the best war movies uh, oh, of all time, really. It's really? terrific. Uh, Never heard of it. Sweet Spell of Success is this great uh, film noir about these uh, uh, corrupt journalists. Funny face, terrific musical, and uh, I'd be remiss not to uh, acknowledge some of the great cinematic achievements outside of the United States. Uh, Wild Strawberries and The Seven Seal, both from Sweden. Uh, The great Swedish director Ingmar Bergman uh, made two of his best movies, both this year. Uh, Very different and and excellent, uh, of course. Is that the... Uh, how is he related to Ingrid Bergman? They're both Swedish. That's it? There's yeah. No relation? No relation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Seven Seal is kind of the famous um, medieval allegory movie. The, the guy is, the knight is playing chess with death. Oh. You kind of see that. But it's it's very interesting. So is um, it the Seventh Seal, like from Revelation? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's very metaphorical. And then uh-huh. Wild Strawberries is um, very present day drama about an old man, like on a road trip, um, taking stock of his life. So uh-huh. very different movie, both excellent. Uh, okay. Akira Kurosawa, Kurosawa, the great Japanese director, came out with the Throne of Blood, his uh, adaptation of Macbeth set in medieval Japan. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, terrific. And, and then I know nothing have, about medieval Japan. Yeah, samurai and... Uh, well, that's all it's, medieval? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, maybe and we'll then, do some uh, Kurosawa eventually. Uh, Knights of Kamiria also is from the share. It's the, um, one of uh, Federico Fellini, the Italian director's um, more prominent movies. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, and there's other stuff from 1957, but I'm not going to go through all of them. Old Yeller. Uh, if, uh, Funny Face, is that um, Audrey, Audrey Hepburn? Hepburn. Yeah. yeah. Audrey Hepburn and uh, Fred Astaire in one of his later roles. Oh. Yeah. Is that later redone, Funny Face? No. Barbara Streisand? It's a different movie. We have to look it up now. Uh, we need to um, phone a friend. 
Oh, funny girl, right, of course. Funny girl, of course. Yeah. Duh. Duh. <laughs> I knew that. Okay, yeah, so not related at all. You, not related at all. They're both you, musicals. You have to cut it right where I said funny face. <laughs> okay. Because I just took us on a... Well, you should watch funny faces. I should. You, yeah. I don't know anything <laughs> about right. it. Yeah. I must call your attention, Colonel Saito, to Article 27 of the Geneva Convention. Belligerents may employ as workmen prisoners of war who are physically fit other than officers... Give me the book. And by all means, you read English, I take it. Do you read Japanese? I'm sorry, no, but if it's a matter of precise translation, I'm sure that can be arranged. You see, the code specifically states that the... Diverse in the ranks! You speak to me of code? What code? The coward's code. What do you know of the soldier's code? Of Bushido? Nothing. You're a command. Yeah, so that is Sasu Hayakawa as Colonel Saito facing off against uh, probably a familiar voice to a lot of you, uh, Alec Guinness as uh, Colonel Nicholson. And the Bridge on the River Kwai. So what is this movie about? This is about uh, a group of prisoners of war in a Japanese prison camp. Yes. Who are being called upon to build a bridge Mm -hmm. um, for the Japanese. Yes. That's it in a nutshell. There's British. So Obi-Wan Kenobi is the... Head yes. British soldier. Alec Guinness, who most people know as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes. And uh, then somebody, who is it? The American. Oh, William Holden plays oh, uh, William, Shears. We've yeah. seen William Holden in... Yeah. Uh, he, who, have we seen him in the Best Picture winner? Um, uh, we, I think I know we definitely talked about him in... He was in Network. From here to eternity, he's not no. in that. No, no, I don't think he's been okay. in another Best Picture winner. He's most famous for Sunset Boulevard, uh, Network in his hey, older Network years. Network is is he the one who who blows up? No, he's the other main main guy. The okay. um, he's much the, older. The executive, Network. yeah, much older. Okay. That's in the seventies. Yeah. So uh, yeah. he's in Sabrina. I think you know him from that. Oh right? yes, yeah. yes. Uh, Wait, he's the younger brother. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Um, cool. So, uh, what what do you think of uh, the Bridge on the River Kwai? Yeah, good movie. It's yeah. it is long, but it goes. You know, it it just keeps you on the edge of your seat. There's yeah. a lot of you know. Of course, the the major. You know, it it got so many issues of um, interesting concepts of of I don't know morality, even mm-hmm. um, sort of the pride, pride, the mm-hmm. Kantian categorical imperative seems to come oh into, yeah okay that's interesting so. seems to come into this and then so I started this movie and then I had to go pick up Adam from the airport okay and then he watched but it was like the last hour and a half two hours you know 
He watched a, the whole second half, really. Okay, with yeah. Me. So then it has the whole added <laughs> interest of watching a movie about a commando operation with a commando. <laughs> yes. So, so there was... So there was that. So yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, on uh, yeah. on all these things. So yeah, yeah, good. I mean, that's the. There's I, a lot of stuff to talk about. There is a lot. I I really um, love this movie quite a bit. Um, so for maybe our listeners who aren't as big of Pontian fans as. The two of us. What what is the content? So this this was just the this <laughs> sort of the concept of that Kant would have on morality. So take like tell the truth. You know, like your the you know imperative is it's you need to tell the truth. So you tell the truth no matter what, right? So if Nazis come mm-hmm. to your door looking for the you know, Jewish yeah. people that are there and they say, mm-hmm. do you have any Jews here? Mm-hmm. You have to tell them that they're there, right? Uh, that would be the, you know, a one way right. of looking at this. So that is, that's what kind of reminded me of the Alec okay. Guinness <laughs> figure because he plays that German uh, general and it's he's very... British general. I'm sorry, British, British yes. general. And he's, I'm thinking... Uh, Colonel, I think okay. he is, but yeah. Okay, right. Colonel, right. I'm really butchering this whole thing. That's fine. No, you're <laughs> fine. I've seen it several many times. Uh. But um, but anyway, and he, it's he's kind of, oh, especially they contrast him with the American. They probably do this a lot, right? right? Mm-hmm. The British, you know, stiff upper lip, and they do things by the rule, and then you've got this renegade American, yeah, officer, or at least we think at the time, officer, right. Who, is you know just ragtag and has of course he'd been there for a long time and you know had a much more cynical view he had no interest in keeping the you know the clip that you played is the japanese not not keeping to the rules of the geneva convention where he didn't want the officers to be doing manual labor but you could have the enlisted do manual labor, but not the officer. Yes. It's so interesting because it seems ridiculous. You know, you're mm-hmm. prisoners of war. Yeah. But he is willing to be tortured. Yeah. And and his men to be tortured. He won't back down on this. Oh. It seems absolutely ridiculous, but it actually works. Yeah. He That's, won't even compromise. He won't well, compromise yeah. at all. But it actually ends up working, gives them this... Kind of big yeah. victory, which is a interesting, you know, especially from the American side of where, like, you know, it's yeah. more like a Hawkeye from Mash, you know, kind of do <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so let's let's talk about that because I think it's really kind of an interesting movie about pride. Yeah, in that I, I, it is kind of a movie of two halves where. Yeah. It in terms of storytelling language, Nicholson is kind of unambiguously the hero of that first half, right? Yeah. It's he's, he's Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, he's presented as someone who has a beliefs in a cause mm-hmm. and suffers and is going head to head with the villain and of of the piece and um, 
just comes out completely victorious. And it gets to this thing with pride where you almost kind of believe your own hype. And we get into the second section where he... Um, it's much more ambiguous as far as his rationale and why he's doing what he's doing because he ends up like building, as, as it's put in the movie, building the, the Japanese, their enemy, a better bridge than they would have been able to do on their own. Um, and it's a bridge that's important for the Japanese war effort at that time to yeah. connect, uh, I think, Bangkok to... Um, was it Burma at the or what's now Myanmar at the time? Um, and it's it's it shows kind of that that fine line between taking a righteous stand for your principles and taking a stubborn stance for your preferences. And it almost causes you to kind of rethink that first half of the movie that was victorious and really kind of question what his motivations really were the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so really fascinating. I, I think uh, Nicholson, Colonel Nicholson, is, is a really fascinating character. It's, we, don't really learn a whole lot about him, so it makes him kind of hard to figure out. Um, and I, I really like how in his obsession with getting the bridge built on time, he has his officers do manual labor. I know, it's so <laughs> Which is, And I love how that's presented, where it's not like a moral dilemma where yeah. he does that. He just kind of says it... Offhand, yeah. He says it offhand while he's trying to get men from the sick bed to do it to do labor, right? Right. Because he doesn't want to use the Japanese, right? Because there are extra men there. That yeah. would have been another way to go around that, but it's got to be. We have to show them British. Yeah. How are yeah. our can do and yeah, yeah. Yeah, which then makes you go back to like, well, I thought your whole thing, you know, why didn't you compromise before then? If you're, yeah, if you're compromising now, like, what's the, what's yeah, the difference? Yeah, because he at one point had the option to have his senior officers not do manual labor, right? right? Yeah. And certain things. I, I really love that first half. Of your movie, and I do want to single out Sasu Hayakawa, who was, as I said before, a Japanese American actor to get this, um, this role. He was actually a silent era Hollywood star, um, because he was actually very good looking as a younger man, had kind of an exotic look, uh, didn't, um, transfer because of his accent and not speaking oh. good English. He didn't we transfer. We talked about that. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. probably an artist and uh, uh -huh. maybe wings. But yeah, didn't transition right. well to 
sound yeah. to talkies, but now he gets this really juicy role, and he's he's so he's so great yeah. because um, you know it's another instance of great character introduction because we kind of hear about him before we meet him. First of all, we meet Shears, the American, is the first person we meet while he's digging in graves. Yeah. Right? So that sets up his perspective. Is, um, and, uh, yeah. So he talks about Saito as this uh, basically irrational madman. Uh-huh. Right? And so then we finally meet him. He's addressing these soldiers, the British soldiers, and immediately comes, bumps up head to head. You know, he's definitely introduced to us as, as the bad guy. As uh-huh. the, but we actually end up learning a lot more about him and his motivations than we do about Nicholson, at least beneath the surface. Like, we learn, like, okay, he studied in London, and right. he was going to be an artist, and his dad yeah. made him go into the military. Uh-huh. And um, we learn the much more personal stakes for him in getting this bridge built on time is he's um, he's kind of in between a rock and a hard place. It's He has to do it. If he doesn't do it, he's going to have to uh, commit suicide mm-hmm. uh, because of their the honor system right. at, um, in the Imperial Japan. Um, so it's it just like as the section goes on, even though like, in terms of story structure, Nicholson is like the unambiguous hero. We're never given stakes for him to actually get under his skin and feel it mm-hmm. other than... And and so I, I think that helps it to unravel later on where emotionally I think we do get develop stronger ties with Saito. And I, I really love Hayakawa's performance here. He's just great. Well, it's interesting, too, because you have the two, you know, like you said, we had the American, the Shears guy, who had just, you know, he there was a complete imbalance of power between him and Colonel Saito, right? Right. And so he just, he calls himself, he was a slave. That yeah. guy was the master, Right. Yes. That nothing ever got better. So his whole thing was, you just endure and then try to escape mm-hmm. from them. The Nicholson, regardless of what his motives were, his, you know, because he seems like, what the one guy first seemed like it's like do, almost Machiavelli, do whatever it takes to yeah. get you know you're not sticking by the rules, but it's actually Nicholson who, by sticking by the rules, actually uh, increases in power so that he, mm-hmm. he kind of insists upon being equal of power, almost, yeah. with um, Colonel Saito, because they're both colonels, right? right? But he ends up superseding him, right? Yeah. And then it becomes about, you know... A, about being more in power because it's it's right. about because the second know, half I'm, I'm I mean Saito is, is visibly dejected yeah, right and, you and see defeated. him demi- diminishing and so it's really Nicholson was more he was able to sideline Saito whereas yes. Shears 
what was never no and there was yeah. no way he was gonna do that so you Nicholson was actually his equal and then his you know his is better you know and they that scene where they he's like here's how to build the bridge and it's and you could see this is after he'd been kept you know just been treated very terribly yeah and then that that scene where he's like okay here's our plan to help you get this bridge built on time and he takes over this meeting even though he's at the foot of the table and colonel saito's at the head Mm -hmm. But by the end of it, it's like he's at the head of the table, yeah, and Saito's at the foot, and how he's ordering just, tea. And yes, exactly. And he's just, you know, could you have some tea brought in for us? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and then it's just like you can see that he's now treating him like his second in command. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get get some dinner ordered for us while we're gonna we're really talking down to them. You know, yeah, and, and you can see them. I think the movie is actually very sensitive to this humiliation that he yeah. must feel. And, and there's a really fascinating scene towards the end where they're having their, the British are having their celebration, the prisoners of war, but yeah. they're like having a party. And you just see um, Saito by himself. Like, for a second, you almost think he's going to commit suicide. Yeah, or, right. Yeah, yeah. But he's, um, like, he cuts off his top knot, uh-huh. which, like, I learned from Seven Samurai that that's a, a sign of submission. Oh. Yeah. Or uh, of humiliation. Okay. Yeah. So that's, yeah, very, very interesting stuff there that that whole part was very very fascinating yeah and it's almost it's it's not so much a military movie because you don't see them actually doing soldier work but they're more like laborers right so it's more like management it it, it is all it's also about the dignity of work and having purpose you know what Mm -hmm. happens when you feel like you have no purpose Exactly. You know, and that there's a lot of human dignity yeah. and themes you, in this. You can can reinterpret that stand he takes in the first half of the movie as him defending a social hierarchy uh-huh. of the you know management versus right. labor in this instance, or right. officers versus the enlisted, because if it's simply the the rule of law, he does very quickly and cavalierly just reverse it yeah. uh, later on when it serves his purposes. Right. Um, but I think that's kind of the, the, the we, we never see it from the grunt's eye point of view, mm-hmm. unless you count Shears, who's right. And we meet him as an officer, but he's an, an imposter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn later. Um, but the like the opening shot is of a train with at the on top of the train is looks like a, a Southeast Asian man with the guns and a bunch of white soldiers laboring on the railroad, which is 
has some irony just in the history of the America importing yeah. Chinese um, mm-hmm. immigrants to build the railway right um, across America. Um, but I think there's like a lot of undertones about colonialism mm-hmm. because the Japan, Jap- Japanese ambitions there is to create an empire. Um, they're coming in from Japan to take over the region and the British, like they know how to build bridges in this region because they've been doing it all through India. Right. Um, British is like, hey, we yeah. do colonialism. You'll never do colonialism. <laughs> exactly. And that's... Uh, yeah, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so it's like this face-off between these two imperial powers and the um, the native populations are, are the indigenous populations are there. I mean, the it doesn't focus on them, but the camera does um, kind of linger a bit on the the one guy who has to sit outside Saito's cabin, oh, uh, yeah, pulling yeah. down the fanning him, right. you know, keeping him him yeah, safe. When Shears is at his lowest, it is a um, an indigenous tribe right. that gives him comfort uh-huh. and nur- nurtures him in um, a non um, with no strings attached, right? right. Yeah. Not like when he gets to uh, a paradise right. in uh, Sri Lanka, uh-huh. controlled by a British colony at the time, which is like the one section of the movie that's just luxury uh-huh. um, you know th- what comfort he has there comes with a price tag right because they want him to go back right and um, yeah so, so it's really kind of interesting from the perspective of exploiting labor you know, when I've I've always really liked the movie, but I've, I've in the past I've kind of uh, tolerated the sheer sections more. Mm-hmm. I, I like the stuff back at camp more than the William Holden parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I found it interesting this time around because it does kind of have the similar themes of like okay, the mission is more important than the people in terms of the, the management of the enterprise, you know, it, you have this scene where, okay, Shears has to, here's your suicide pill because you can't get taken alive. Which is interesting because the whole troop was ordered to surrender, but um, yeah. I guess for commandos it's, it's right. different. I don't know I don't what know. that was all about. Yeah, but, um, but it's like, okay, the, the mission's most important. We can't hold things up for you. It has to go forward. But as things pan out, it's actually the officer who gets injured and ends up slowing everything down. And it's, it's, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, he doesn't have to take a suicide pill. He's, they build a stretcher yeah. for him and take him. There is a one point where he does say, oh, leave me behind and go right. ahead. But it's almost like, we also see that he had had plenty of opportunities, just like he was already way far behind. He could have yeah. just 
just copped. Yeah. So it's almost like he brings it up when he knows they're going to tend to him. So it's like there is this disconnect between the 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 management kind of defending this hierarchy and the the laborers, which I found kind of fascinating here because it's not a movie that watch it and think, oh, this has kind of a lefty bent, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really, but you can see it kind of a, a, a sympathy towards the, the laborers yeah. and the dignity of labor. Well, and... Also, interestingly, uh, not to interrupt, sorry. No, but go ahead. To, it's, the screenwriters weren't credited until the 1980s because they were blacklisted. They're both really? really active in the labor movement, and so accused oh. of being communists. And okay. So the screenplay at the time was credited to uh, Pierre Boll wrote the novel. Uh, it was a French novel, and he doesn't speak any English. Okay. So he's credited <laughs> with the screenplay, but it was actually written by uh, Carl Foreman and Michael Wilson, who were blacklisted uh. at the time. Got credit. Uh, after their deaths and the um, Pierre Bull won uh, Oscar for screenwriting and the Academy got gave belatedly gave Oscars to their widows of the okay. two men who were uh, died. Yeah. yeah. Well, after um, Nicholson takes over, really, yeah. and then he gets more work out of them. But their working conditions also improve greatly, and mm-hmm. they look healthier. They do. They, yeah. you know, they're they're, you know, you can see there's just the their morale builds. So there's all these dichotomies that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then you've got the doctor, who is like the conscience. Yeah. Yes. And the place yeah, the role of the conscience mm-hmm. in the movie is just like, I don't know, sir. <laughs> this is you know. Shouldn't we be worried about this being like collaborating with the enemy? Mm-hmm. You know, do we have to do it this well? You know, right. he's it's starting to put, you know, this is this is this really about mm-hmm. you know? And if it really were, then he'd be. If it really were about the men and about the social structure, then having it be blown up at the end, yeah, would be no problem. Yeah. Right. Or keep them occupied um, building the bridge in a place where you know it's going to collapse the right. first train that goes over it. Because yeah. that's not your problem. No, it's not your problem. Yeah. Right. You didn't pick the yeah. site. But yeah. it's, they, they deliberately changed yeah. the location because of their yeah. uh, <laughs> their colonialist experience. Yes, yes. And, and going back to the colonialist point, one of the... Um, one of the only scenes between Shears and Nicholson, they're kind of arguing about the virtue of laws. Because at that point, I think Shears is questioning how um, they can't uh, they can't form an escape committee because they were ordered to surrender. <laughs> um, so escape, he thinks, would be or it's a gray area. He says. Um, so Shears is, is like questioning his, his, um, motives Mm -hmm. and says, 
Mickelson's point is this is what civilization is, is law. And he goes, there's no civilization here. Right. And Nicholson said, well, it's our job to bring it there, which is just the entire rationale behind (laughs) the colonialist, imperialist uh, sentiment is that we're we're bringing civilization. Yeah. As long as we're here, we might as well colonize. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it is tricky because there are... Um, certainly, there's a lot of stuff to point to where Nicholson turned out to be right. Or yes. It, it is. It's, yeah. it's, it's not cut and dry. Like, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, here's the moral of the story and everything uh-huh. points to this. There's a lot of complexity here yeah. that's really kind of fascinating. It's, now, would you say the weakest part is the whole William Holden commando thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I the I appreciate it a little more this time because there was thematic parallels that I I saw more. Okay. But yeah, I I don't I think that's the weakest part of the movie. I, I, I yeah. love, uh, Nicholson and and uh, Saito are just such compelling characters. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it is yeah. the this sort of strange. We're gonna build this team. We're training all these people, but yeah. we're gonna. You know, we're going to, you know, I guess I get why they want the one guy who's been there before. Okay, right, so yeah. that there can be, you know, and then, then you got the language guy. Mm-hmm. That can be helpful. That was yeah, helpful. It was helpful. And, and then you've got, like, a good swimmer. So I suppose you want a good, but, yeah. like, is there, like, that's the best you could come up with? Seemed, there was one well, other guy that got hung up but it seemed very uh, I don't know yeah I mean they're also um, fighting a war on two fronts so it's not like yeah but I mean it, they actually uh, did have people doing this in World War Two, and it just seems like this should have right. been a, a more impressive yeah. group that yeah. they right. that they sent out but anyway but that, that was the fun part Adam's like oh my gosh they're splashing yes. so much. <laughs> it's like, yeah, t- there was a lot of critiques yeah. about the... Although he did agree yeah, it, with um, was the linguist, the officer, when they mentioned commando, and he said something to the effect of, he doesn't like that term because it's so dramatic. <laughs> yeah. And Adam was like, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. But anyway, but it was... It was entertaining watching all of that. Yeah, with him as a, they're going through the jungle and he's commenting on, I don't know. You remember all those snakes. things you were commenting on, Adam? He didn't yeah. mention snakes, but some sort of like, burr things that were I don't know. Bats. There are a lot of bats. Are they? He didn't uh, mention bats. I don't know. Yeah. But well, I saw them in the movie. Yeah, he was like they weren't sweating enough. Yeah, anyway, I mean, the thing about it, them, um, the... It was, um, just, it was just funny funny commentary uh, yeah. through that whole part. Yeah, I mean, when they're planting the bombs, I... I, Yeah, I mean, Adam would know more how realistic it was. Also, you did talk you're a lot kind about of, those plastic explosives. Oh, yeah, that was fascinating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He uh, said that was true. That was... He's like, yeah, uh, that is true. 
Okay. He said you could heat MREs with them. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like that it is um, set up well that before the nighttime scenes where they're planting the bombs or the explosives, the, we do have a scene with Nicholson out on the bridge and he kind of drops his, accidentally drops his, his walking stick. Mm-hmm. And that kind of shows us how far, how tall the bridge yeah. is so that we kind of understand when we get to that scene that the sentries are not are not that close to right. where they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we kind of understand it yeah. a little bit more. It's, um, it's pretty... It's pretty and deep. you're also down to your two least experienced men by that point. Yes, right. And they do kind of screw up. The... <laughs> they do. and But it is interesting. I mean, I, I think... Uh, the whole the water receding, so mm-hmm. then they can see it. That builds and, so much tension. It's great. Yeah, it does build a lot of tension. But and then I, you know, you so you've got the Nicholson who sees it, and then they're like, "This is bonkers. Why is he acting on this?" Mm-hmm. You know, he's lost his yeah. mind. Yeah, because <laughs> it's become about this pride thing. Is lost yeah. sight of it. But I do love how right at the end where he's like, oh, what have I done? Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. he like realizes, you know, right, you know, right at that point that. Good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he's down there with the Saito and, he, oh, the young kid actually does. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, he kills Yeah. Uh, really good movie. Good movie. Yeah. Uh, directed by David Lean, who uh, also directed Lawrence of Arabia. So okay. Has two movies in the top 16. Um, Lawrence yeah. of Arabia. Yeah, so uh, your trivia question for this week um, uh-huh. is, which what best picture winners are, um, are named, are, are referenced by name in the Billy Joel song, We Didn't Start the Fire? Yeah, so I came up with three of them. I okay. had to look up a bunch because there's actually a lot of names that are yeah. also in movies. But yeah, I was hoping there would be a trick like where I went through the lyrics and yeah. like maybe he mentioned Chicago like in yeah, a different context. Yeah, exactly. Because he did but... like Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that was a movie, it and was. then because I, I didn't, I haven't watched all these Old bottom ones, ones right? so mm-hmm. I had to go back and look up. Wait, did Malcolm X? JFK that didn't want win right. did it? Did, um, okay. There yeah. were there were a number of there were them. number ones. I, there was um there were about five South Pacific. Yeah. Um, uh, South like, Pacific. Okay, that was a movie. Peyton Place was named too. Oh, which is one of the losers. Oh, I didn't know that was a movie yeah. at the time. Mm-hmm. So I came up with um, Bridge on the River Kwai. Yes. Ben Hur and Lawrence of Arabia. That's it. Okay. There's only three. Yeah. Okay. I was expecting there'd be more, but yeah. I'm surprised he didn't put work in the Godfather, but yeah, well, he uh, did not. He did not. Yeah, and there did, some... we said this is about we didn't start the fire. Yeah, we didn't and... start the fire. The Billy Joel song from 1989. Um, it does kind of get close to some with like Ayatollahs in Iran and, and yeah, right, exactly. He that. talks <laughs> about. Other movie, you know, but I was like, that doesn't count. Doesn't count. Yeah. Uh, well, good. Um, so, um, did you pull up a limerick for? Yes, I did. Okay. 
On the River Kwai, tensions did brew, Colonel Nicholson's vision in view. Steel spans the river's grace, war's paradox we embrace. Bridge built with pride, a story to construe. So, I think I won. Yeah, you always win. (laughs) All right. The colonel marched in with a whistle. His pride made the camp's warden bristle. Yet soon he'd deliver a bridge over the river, but the Yanks planting bombs in the thistle. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Really uh, good. So the Bridge on the River Kwai got eight nominations. Okay. Um, two acting nominations. Can you guess who? I would say Colonel Saito and mm-hmm. uh, Nicholson. Yeah. Yeah, Alec Guinness won Best Actor. Okay. And Sesu Hayakawa was a Best Supporting Actor nominee. I thought you could uh, win. He, no, he lost to... Um, he lost to Red Buttons from Sayonara. Okay. Um, I, he really should have won. He is so, so great. Uh-huh. Uh, he's actually the only one from the movie that didn't win. Okay. That uh, won seven of the eight. So Best Picture Director, Alec Guinness for Best Actor... Uh, the screenplay went to Pierre Bull, but it was written by uh-huh. the two um, blacklisted blacklisted guys. Uh, and of course, cinematography, film editing, and original score. Okay. Yeah. Great. So that's it. Um, Joanne Woodward won Best Actress. For? And she's for, Paul Newman's uh, wife? Yeah, she's Paul Newman's wife. It was... Uh, a multiple personalities movie called The Three Faces of Eve. Oh. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it, actually. And um, Miyoshi Umeki won for, for Best Sayonara. Supporting Actress for Sayonara. Yeah. Nice. Let's see. Can you name this tune of... You're not going to get the movie, because I've never heard of this movie. <laughs> um, but I think you might know this song. This is the Best Song winner from 1957. When somebody loves you, it's no good unless he loves you. All the way, happy to be near you when you need some. Anyways, that's from a movie called The Joker's Wild, which I'd never heard of. All the way. Okay, yeah. Oh, you you know the song, right? Uh, that's like somebody loves you. Yeah. I've yeah. at least heard that part. Okay. Okay. That was the song. That was the song. So um, I think we're ready to see what comes next. Okay. Yeah, this got a lot of high rankings, except for USA Today had it in the bottom half, which is really weird. weird. Yeah. Um, I actually gave it the highest. Yeah. Ranking. Ten. Yeah, I'm. I was surprised to see okay. I had it in the top ten, but I do really like it. Yeah, well, you think so, it's going to be... Yeah, I think The Silence of the Lambs is coming up. Okay. I've got Parasite, The Best Years of Our Lives, Schindler's List, Gone with the Wind. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be Gone with the Wind. And, we'll... and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, Gone with the Wind, I, I, I'm not expecting that, but... Uh-huh. That'd be convenient be since we have course. a couple weeks. Yes. <laughs> All right. Fifteen. 
Oh, Annie, Annie Hall. Hall. That was not on any of our lists. No, so we'll be back uh, next week with Annie Hall. That's a Woody... Uh, Woody, Woody Allen. Woody Allen movie. Yeah, it's the shortest movie left. <gasps> oh, no. That means there's a lot of long movies left. Yeah, only only like seven of the movies left are longer than Return of the Quack. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so for the long weekend, we have the shortest movie. Oh, boy. Um, 90 minutes. So what, what, do you, what would you guess Annie Hall is about? It's about a couple of New Yorkers who meet each other. It's like Seinfeld before Seinfeld. Okay, very good. <laughs> All right, so we'll be back next week with Annie Hall, number 15. Number 15. Yes. Where's my outro? I don't know. Is... Uh...